Too crazy for Boys Town. Too much of a boy for Crazy Town. The child was an outcast. When you go to the men's room later, you'll see a sign that says, Gentlemen, pay no heed. Go right in. There's no room that says scoundrel on it. You want to be a thug. You want to smoke weed and play cars all night, punk. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Welcome back to Not Here to Argue. I am here. Jam is here. You are here. And the NBA was is coming. I was going to do preseason like picks and props. Not yet. Not yet. We've got, what, two? When's first game? I believe it's uh, a week and a half. Tuesday night. It's like, like two weeks from Tuesday. Okay, I, was, I was just made sure. I was like... Let me not time this wrong. Like, you idiot, you missed it. We didn't have a show in between that time at all. Uh, so, yeah, we'll probably do our props and picks next week. But in the meantime, Urban Meyer is just the gift that keeps on giving. Um, if you could pull up that picture that's making the rounds, Everyone's seen, I mean, everyone's seen the pictures and videos that's making the rounds, you know what I mean? But there is a picture here, and inside the very establishment where Urban Meyer was was dancing with some some co-eds. What a you want to sound old, say the word co-ed. <laughs> um dancing with some co-eds. There's a picture of him and his wife in that bar. And you know the reason why? Because he also owns that bar. So him being in there is definitely, definitely high school letterman jacket. Uh, I'm a junior in college. Uh, I still show up to the high school parties <laughs> vibes. And he got caught. It was very funny. It was very funny for us all. I feel like respectfully not knowing anything about he and his wife i feel like they kind of have that sort of understanding like I, where i feel like like again they didn't they didn't catch him taking her to like the back office of his you know what i'm saying he no he did it right out in front yeah of like you know, you know what i'm saying he and he's urban he's famous enough and he's been famous enough long enough to know yeah if you're doing this it's gonna be a camera he didn't care which is fine i don't think he has any I mean, I don't know if he signed any moral clause, but listen, he got to settle that with his wife. That's not, I don't, and hopefully he was respecting that young lady. I saw one angle where it looked like he was trying to bowl the strike. So I hope that was with, you know what I'm saying? That they were, they were both bowling um, or something along those lines. <laughs> but the, st- <laughs> the funniest part of this to me, and if you can't, if you can find his apology, he just, it's a 57-year-old man looking like he just caught, like, eating a cookie before dinner. 
Like he just looks like a little kid. And the story he gave, he said he was out, he said that very night he was out with his grandkids getting some dinner. Um and the vibes were calling. <laughs> like the the vibes were just well, you know, when you're that Urban Meyer saloon around <laughs> yeah, 10 yeah. 30 p.m., things change a bit. I was having some dinner at the uh, saloon that bears my name. Um, and I was recognized. Go figure. No, he said the vibes was calling him. And then he got caught and had to apologize. And he was like, I apologize. But I don't know. What's the apology? I had way, <laughs> way too much juice. Bitches could not hold me. I was juiced up with Shorty. Um, I apologize for yeah, those I, songs being on point and people <laughs> wanting to dance. I apologize for creating a mood. Yeah, I, I apologize for curating the vibes too well. Too well. Because you know who just got a free week of publicity? Urban Meyer Steakhouse, where if you come down and mention uh, yeah, promo code GRIND, you get uh, the Urban Meyer House L. What song did he hear in the background that just pulled him? Was it like Mr. Brightside or what? What white people oh, anthem? Which is well, like, you got again. Got to get that out there. He's an old man. Like you got it. It was something. I feel like it was one of those. Uh, I'm gonna tell you exactly what it was. Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. That just seems. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems like a very urban because that's one of those when that song came out. He was in his. He was you know what I'm saying a young man, and she's like. Oh, yeah, I think Drake sampled this. And he's like, nah, you don't know nothing about that. Let me show you how we do it. And that's when he tried to bowl the strike. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's definitely a, a this is how we do it. All hands is in the air. Return of the Mac, like, I think, because it fits in that category. <laughs> <laughs> Urban just walked, whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's Urban Meyer. He's back. Uh, but, yeah, it's. I feel like he's, it's just very, I don't know, sobering for him. Like, again, he was 0-4 in Florida, said, man, fuck this, and went back to Ohio, and his Ohio State closed at his restaurant. <laughs> he was born in the 1960s. He's the same age as Mike McCarthy. And I feel like Mike McCarthy, maybe it's just my head, I feel like Mike McCarthy seems old as hell, and Urban Meyer gets the uh, cool stepdad vibes. Um, I just, I don't, with all the jokes, I was like, okay, he's going to go there. He'll, he's not going to live out the life of that contract, but he'll make it at least two years. I don't know if he make it two more games. Like I, I just, I really have no idea anymore. Trevor Lawrence said something like, I respect coach. Like whatever happens, happens. <laughs> yeah. Coach said, hey, listen, when you got bitches up on you, you got bitches up on you. Um, what I'm supposed to do. I'm a gentleman. So I, I don't know. He's going to find a way out of this. Like USC is available. LSU could be available. Texas didn't start so hot, but like my, it's a lot of good college jobs available. What I thought he was going to do, and now I don't know. I thought he was going to wait out like Nick Saban. Nick Saban's about to turn 70. Right. He's got seven rings, probably eight this year. If I was a, if I was a betting man, but I'm not. I'm a game of skillsman. Um, like the last six years, he's played in five championships. Now he's won three, but he's lost two. Like the 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 getting is good. So I don't think Nick Saban like wins one this year and walks out. But I don't I don't think we're gonna be seeing like Nick Saban at like eighty when they I don't know if you 
remember when they kind of had like forced Joe Paterno and forced Bobby <laughs> Bowden off the sidelines. Like, oh, all right, oh, we're Didn't six. Steve six, Spurrier yeah. get real old and just started like he was coaching <laughs> for South Carolina. It's like, oh, this guy doesn't really have it. Well, anymore. you know, that was the, that was a genius move from Steve Spurrier. He left Florida, went pro, it didn't work. When he came back, he was like, "Uh uh-uh. Nick Saban went from LSU pros to Alabama, like five-star to five-star. He said, let me take a step back where anything I do well at South Carolina is is great. I'm the superstar there. Steve Sperry is a smart, smart man. But, like, Nick Saban, he has the most championships. He's got seven. Kentucky great Bear Bryant has six. Urban Meyer has three. He has three, and he's 13 years younger than Nick Saban. If you told me Urban, or Urban Meyer coaches 13 more years in college football, I'm going to guess he probably gets closer to that five, six, maybe, depending on where he goes. I feel like that's his next move. Did he get well, one at Ohio State or is it all Florida? No, he got uh, two at Florida, one at Ohio State. He won, like, the very – I think it was the very first playoff they won. He, uh, he was the coach of that team. So I, I feel like this is his move. I feel like Clemson, Clemson's days as an elite program might be done, done. Maybe Dabo gets ran out on a rail. That'd be great. Um, but until then, I just, like, this is not the last time we hear from Urban Meyer this year about something non, like, it just, we've heard from, like, 10 times already. They're not good. Like, it's not good read. Like, man, Trevor Lawrence, man, for a rookie, he's, no, they're not, they're 0-4. They stink bad. So, I don't know. But, again, thankful. Thankful. Something else I'm thankful for. I used to, I said media day was my favorite part of the NBA offseason. I lied. NBA GM survey after media day, I think, is my favorite part of the offseason. Maybe the NBA season altogether. <laughs> Maybe the NBA season altogether. We have got so of course they do this every year. That's why it's my favorite. My favorite because like you get in on it for a few years, you can go back and see. It's like oh man, they were wrong. They were I very was wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah, mostly they were wrong. Um, but the question this year: which team will win the twenty twenty two NBA final? And I think the only requirement is you cannot vote for your own team. I think that's literally the only rule. Um, We'll see that uh, when you think, how the hell did they get votes? Yeah, what the Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, It's like, oh, because the Lakers couldn't (laughs) vote for themselves. (laughs) Which team won the 2022 NBA Finals? 72% say the Brooklyn Nets. 17% say the Los Angeles Lakers. 10% say the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, that's, I think that adds up to about a hundred. So it's, do you agree that it comes from one of those three teams? Yeah, I think I if see you only have one option, and so uh, yeah, if I had to pick like narrow it down to one team, I think it's from those three. Then I think it's possible that another team could win it. Yes, but if now, I was if doing I, game of skill, then I'd pick those sure. of those three. Sure. Now, if I told you you get those three teams or the field, who do you take? Like only one of those three is three teams. Any of those three can I'll do probably it. take one of those three teams. See that that's where it feels like okay, that's the favorites we're talking about. Because as interest, like as intriguing as the field is, the field don't have Giannis. Man, I've seen it. I've seen the field before. If you do it just the Nets and the Lakers, then I'm taking the field just because they do have Giannis, and then all the other options. But because they have like kind of reigning 
champion, <laughs> the team with the best talent, and then the LeBron James super team. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Smells like a pretty good option. Well, I, to be fair, last year they thought 81% thought the Lakers would win it on the Lakers. Uh, they sucked. Well, let's see how many people last year thought the Bucks were going to win it. Hmm. See, this is the fun part. No, no, no votes for the Bucks. Yeah. Lakers, saying, Clippers, yeah. Nets, and Miami Heat. I'm t- like, I wouldn't even think about the Clippers, but the way they went out against the, I was like, there couldn't have been anybody that was like, yeah, no, this team definitely storms back and wins the title. Um, let me see. So Eastern Conference, they just got them ranked. Like you had a cast of vote where you think. They pick. So majority says Brooklyn finishes first, Milwaukee second. Am I? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Heat third, Philly fourth, my, or excuse me, Atlanta fifth, Boston sixth, Indiana seventh. Kind of doesn't matter after. Yeah, no, it's it's a real hodgepodge for that fourth spot. But 50% of the GMs think Miami's going to be third. And then after that, like, who the hell knows what's going to happen? That's I, like I, I feel like they're a team better suited for the playoffs because again I'm just not sure on their depth and for regular season that concerns me. Philly's interesting because they were just the one. I think I like it. I I'd have to look at some. We'll do that next week. I don't hate Atlanta for the third. Atlanta's a deep team, like with some playoff experience, some star talent, and they're deep at I think every like big wing and guard. I feel like they're well set up for a regular season um ball i feel like boston's kind of similar like i feel like y'all have enough uh, there's enough stuff where injuries shouldn't just wipe you out like last year indiana as a boston you should be disappointed and insulted that indiana's even seventh here as a boston fan as an nba fan we should be insulted that some gm voted for indiana as possibly being a fourth place team in the i'm saying yeah scroll down who am i meant like i feel like i would pick Charlotte there or the Knicks were a fourth place the, team yeah, last yeah, year. Where, yeah, where the hell are the Knicks? What did the Knicks do that made them so much worse from home court last year to finish below the Indiana Pacers? This what year? did the Pacers do to to say that they anything? That's what, uh, yeah, like, well, they, I mean they got genius Rick Carlisle. Oh you know, yeah, he's he, the most he, prepared he, man in the game. I hope you prepared to go forty one and forty one because I best case scenario because I think the Pacers are gonna be not that good. Um, anyways, Western Conference, the Lakers projected to be number one, uh, seed Utah, number two, Phoenix and Denver tied for three, which is interesting. Golden State, five, Clippers, six, Dallas, seven, Portland, eight. Any, what stands out there, if anything? That someone... At least multiple people, two people, GMs, think Golden State can finish second, and two GMs think Clippers can finish second. I'm just looking at these, like, also receiving mm. votes. I just don't see a world in which the Clippers finish second in the West or the Golden State Warriors. Like, they could – the Warriors, you can convince me, make a run, but, like, yeah, how long well, are they I, playing with young guys and Steph Curry and Draymond and no play? Well, I, I think that's the – I think the case for the Warriors finishing second is – Okay, one, we do not want to end up in a play-in again. Like, we just do not want to roll those dice. Two, Steph and Draymond being, like, like we got to, like, from go. It's been two years since we had any version of Clay. Like, we ain't no telling how much longer we have. 
Three, it's it's a lot. I think that's where it falls apart for me. It's a lot on the big guys, or excuse me, the young guys, the young guys, I should say. Now, if Wiseman takes a step and Moody and Kuma, if all those guys are just ready to contribute immediately, then I think like the Otto Porters and Iguodala. I don't know if they're going to play, though. Like, I think they're that, relying heavy on Jordan Poole, Andre Iguodala, and Otto Jordan Porter. Poole, I think Jordan Poole is solid. I wonder what Iguodala will have oh, just over a course of 82, like 16 games. I trust Iguodala. 82 games. I need to see it. So, I, Clippers, I kind of don't hate. I, I could see the Clippers more than the Warriors, to be honest. The case being for the Clippers is if they just figured out what their recipe is, just Paul George and more or less four other wing, like switchable, you just run that out. Just dare a team. You're just betting on most nights. Well, any night, really, because you went up against the defensive player of the year and beat him. They went, who did the, who did Clippers play in the second round? The Nuggets? Yeah. Yeah, Nuggets beat Portland the first round. Who's on and the they other just, side? Uh, no, the Nuggets got no, switched. No, Sun beat the, the Nuggets. Yeah. Sun beat the Nuggets. So who did the... Uh, the Clippers play the Mavericks. Mavericks and the Jazz? Yeah, Clippers play, That's what it was. Jazz beat the Grizzlies. Okay, Jazz was second round. Gotcha. So they did that... Yeah, got past the defensive player of the year. So I feel like that would be, okay, if we just run this on anybody who's, they're not going to have the defensive player of the year, they're not going to have a top three seed team. And in a case, like if they do have an Embiid or something, you still got like Zubat. I imagine a Bach will be healthy. But no, I think that if you just, it's like, hey, Paul George, you like just go. Just go. Regular seed, we're trying to, seeding matters. We don't want to end up like any, kind of play in either that's the case but i i wouldn't i wouldn't game a skill on it any mm -mm. no that that, i think the clippers can be good but two seed good too 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 hasty by far the regular season jazz still exists the phoenix Suns still exist mvp no like Jokic still exists like that just seems it seems weird to me also if you look at the um votes they got some votes for second place and third place but no votes for fourth place so it's like Three GMs are very high on them for second and third, and then no one else is like, no, they're not going to be in the top four. I, you know, I don't hate that either because it's like, listen, the case is uh, it's all on Paul George. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the case for and against the Clippers winning a lot of games. I think points were made. I think fine people on both sides. Um, I wish the GM wasn't just like a, an anonymous survey, but they got 30 guys in a room or on a Zoom call, and they, they really mm. hash these things out. That would be an yeah. entertaining thing. That's I want to. I'd love to see some names and faces. Everybody, all these GMs got Twitters now. Let's see. Um, what's next? We got play, player talk. This is always the fun one. Who will win the 2021 2022 Kia MVP? Number one, Kevin Durant, 37%. Number two, Luka Doncic, 33%. Then Giannis, Embiid, Harden, Curry. Last year, Giannis was the favorite, 32%. There was no way Giannis was winning MVP after the way those finals ended. It, that just wasn't uh, going to be a thing that happened. We're checking last year. Who did they have last year? Giannis number one. They had Luca number two. AD and LeBron tied three. Durant. Ooh, Durant's fifth. Somebody had Jokic. One or two MVP or one or two GMs. Had the vision. Had Jokic. Good call. Good call. This year, Durant, you're just betting on, 
our durability, right? And at this point, I'm, I won't bet against the talent of Kevin Durant, but I will bet against the durability that he would need. to. So I wouldn't take him. Luka, I just don't think that team's going to win enough games. Not yet. Giannis, I could see Giannis getting another one. Uh, MB, maybe he storms back. Harden would be tough, but there's a lane for it. And Steph, if you think Golden State gets the two suit, uh, two seed, you have to think Steph Curry is the MVP. So I get that. The next, this is the interesting one to me. If you're starting a franchise today and could side any player in the NBA, who would it be? Jam, who would it be? Who's your answer? Jason Tatum. I don't know why the fuck I asked you. <laughs> now, uh, number one, Luka Doncic, 43%. Number two, Giannis, 40%. Also receiving votes, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson. Who picked LeBron James? Someone did not understand the assignment. <laughs> well, I'll say this. If you're starting a franchise today, maybe winning a championship year one is pretty cool. Someone like, has never played NBA 2K and he simulated 45 <laughs> seasons. You don't. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. But on 2K, man, LeBron, it'd be year 26. LeBron, like, he's thinking about coming back. Um, Luca, I I get what I don't get. Last year, Giannis and Luca were tied 43%. This year, one GM was like, Giannis didn't move me. I'm, ch- I'm changing. My- Nobody different voted for Luca. It was just somebody was like, mm, give me yeah, give me Anthony Davis. You can build a rock solid foundation around him. Is Luca over the hill? I mean, is Giannis over the hill now? He's just like too much experience. Listen, is winning bad? Sometimes I say is playing four rounds in the playoffs actually bad? Should Luca does Luca have this figured out? You just go into the first round and people love you anyway. It's a it's a sick deal. Um I feel like I would have I would go Giannis here and I would not think twice about it um i don't also get why Jokic is on there i love Jokic, but Giannis exists kd exists yeah well i mean listen Jokic got as many mvps as kevin durant quiet as it's kept i think the case for Jokic is we haven't seen what he looks like with like basic really any defenders around him like he's a point guard that can legit run your offense, and it's great to have Murray and Porter. They have the offense humming, but if you put like instead of one Aaron Gordon, if they had two or three Aaron Gordon types and one star play around Jokic, I feel like you could still have a good defense and offense. So I see the case. Jokic's also very durable. He's more durable than everybody else in receiving votes. I feel like by far. So he, at the very least, I think he got that going for him. Next question. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? First, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron, Harden, Giannis fifth, Jokic sixth. Giannis being fifth kind of makes me wonder, is that why they won the championship? Teams are just like, just, he's going to, he's going to tire himself out. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, no, he's... (laughs) Listen, he scored 40 points once in the finals. What's he going to do? Do it twice more? Um, Steph, I get Durant. I, I What adjustment are you making for Kevin Durant? Respect. Put a hand up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hand down, man down. 
it's shocking to me. Embiid's not higher on this list. Just having like thinking about teams the Celtics have played, you need to change everything to try and get Embiid out of the paint. And like he is the center, like focus of all everything you do on defense. Like KD, even Harden, even just the wings. It's like you kind of just play your normal wing defense and you just hope they don't score. It's not like you're changing things up. Well, even I think it goes like ball denial and that where they were like. I think it was the Bucks where they were just guarding Harden from like the back, like from like the from his left shoulder, just trying stuff like that. Luca, I respectfully, I was like, just let his teammates shoot. What's the? <laughs> He's got thirty five at halftime. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, with by the end of the game, we'll be letting Kristaps Porzingis take shots. It's fine. Next question. I was surprised by this one. Which player most likely to have a breakout season 2021-2022? Jaron Jackson, number one, followed by Anthony Edwards, Michael Porter Jr., Darius Garland, Keldon Johnson, Ja Morant, and Kevin Porter Jr. A lot of received, like Aiton, LaMelo, Lonzo, Shea, DeAndre Hunter, Karis LeVert, Ter- everyone. Everyone's going to have a break. no consensus yeah. on this. Every Everyone has their own pick of like, this guy's everyone. destined. Everyone yeah. is going to, I think everyone, there's a 400-way tie for most improved uh, next year. Last year, the answers were Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Michael Porter Jr., I don't know if the Shea part, like Shea was balling before they shut him down. I don't know I don't, yeah, part. what does he need to break out of? Yeah, He's still know, on he, the list. That's what I'm saying. He might be here. Zion <laughs> Williamson got a vote. Like, yeah, like I don't pretty, He was I'll, like a I'll, top I'll, seven, let's start a franchise now. What is he breaking out of? I feel like John Morant's pretty well. John uh, Morant scored 35 on Steph Curry to go into the playoffs uh, in one first game against the Jazz. I feel like he's kind of kind of here. Um, Aiton, Aiton's interesting. And we'll we'll uh we'll get to Aiden. Who's the best point guard in the NBA? Okay, before we get these always bother me because I feel like they should just declare some people a certain position. It's one of those things where LeBron gets like two people will vote for LeBron as the best center in the league. And they're like, you know, he can defend all five positions. Okay, all right. Um, but I feel like for the state for the sake of this, I wish they would have been like, hey. LeBron's a one, whatever you call him, but LeBron's a three, Luca's a one, rate him there. Best point guard, Steph, overwhelming, followed by Dame Lillard, Luca, LeBron, and Chris Paul. Last year was Steph Curry, only by 30%, so he doubled it. Uh, Who was the point this guard last the- year that got all the votes? Probably Harden, I would get. Because Dame, Dame um, Luca, Chris Paul is just much more spread out. Mm. But the year before that, it was ninety percent. Yeah, <laughs> pretty overwhelming. Also, he played what like six games uh, coming off that year. So, uh, respectfully, I love Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players. I don't know what the case is for him being a better point guard than Steph Curry. I just don't know what the what what the case is. Um, like the other, like the Luca, LeBron, Chris, they all add like different things. Dame is basically a like it's a great it's a great thing to have a version of, but Steph is the best version of it of all time. Um, Dame might be like right under that, but in good faith, if you're voting for a Dame, a vote for Dame feels like a vote for Steph. But also, Dame has not come up in any of the previous things we've been talking about of like who would be MVP, who do you have to adjust that, for? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's not a young man. He's not a young man, but Steph's not a young man. Who's the best shooting guard in the NBA? 
James Harden, 63%. He won it last year with 68, so that that tracks. Devin Booker, two. Luka, known shooting guard, uh, Luka Doncic, also receiving votes. Bradley Beal, I feel like another person whose name just hasn't been mentioned. Um, Stephen Curry, known shooting guard, That's Stephen just Curry. That's ridiculous. And, and this one, known two guard, Kevin Durant. Uh this is where it's like, listen, Kevin, whatever you want to call him, a three or a four, he's just that. Don't get cute. Don't get cute with this. Yeah. It's like they got very distracted by the word shooting, and so they put Curry <laughs> and Durant in there. It's just like, it's positionless, man. They can shoot. Yeah, he does that. Um, Doncic kind of got screwed on both categories. Third place I, in point guard, third place in shooting guard. I feel like that, and that's where, like, when you don't define it, that's when Luca's votes get you know, like Luca didn't finish top five for any of these. Yeah, because he got ten percent at every position. Like, but wouldn't you put Luca Doncic like above Dame Booker and James Harden? So it's like if you're just doing who's the best guard in the NBA, shouldn't Doncic be two? Uh, I don't disagree. I mean, unless you're Damian Lillard guy, Damian Lillard better than Steph Curry guy. But yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't. Know, I don't think of him as a shooting guard at all even if positions are meaningless. Anyways, best small forward, Kevin Durant, 67%. Last year, LeBron, 57%. And if you think LeBron is not going to mention this, <laughs> oh, but I got some lakefront in uh, Idaho to sell you. Uh, Durant, LeBron to Kawhi 3, which is like just was like it, I'd take him even, even in rehab. Someone's like I'd still take him. Giannis receiving votes. Luca receiving votes chris middleton this is the most absurd vote in the entire again uh, re- entire <laughs> survey chris middleton all-star <laughs> olympic gold medalist an nba champion player in no universe is he the best small forward in the nba it's fine it's fine but he's not Giannis also got a vote so he's not even the best small forward on his team yeah it's it's t- it's one a and one b is what I'm seeing here. Um, I think the next, this is where I re- I'm curious for Giannis. Who's the best power forward? Giannis won at 63%, up from 46% last year. LeBron's two, KD's three. This is where it gets interesting. Who's the best center? Jokic won, 63%, up from 50. MB two, Giannis three, or Giannis and AD tied for four. If they said Giannis was exclusively a center, what's the answer here? It's got to wow. be. I feel like to me, it's got to be Giannis. If he's the best yeah. player, how is he? Like, how is he not? Yeah, no, he's he's got it. Like, if you picked a position for him, I feel like he's got to be the best player at every like, position, <laughs> except for point what, guard. Like, Jason Kidd was the only person to vote for Giannis at point guard. Um, but it's like Jokic. He's just. Like defensively, it's not even close. Um, Embiid really good on both ends. I'd go Giannis. That's just me. That's just me. So I I do wonder. It's a thing like when he retired, it, it doesn't matter. But it's like you know, was Iverson a one or a two? I just wonder how is Giannis going to be because he came in as a small forward. I think his best position center, but who knows. Who really knows? I am kind of interested. AD got 7% votes at best center. None for power forward. That was the interesting thing is like Anthony Davis feels like a very good power forward. And it's just, 
I guess we're throwing Kevin Durant and Giannis in there. But like in terms of guys, I think of as power forward, Anthony Davis should be like the number one guy. Positions uh, seem to make no sense. I think we should do away with them um, as a whole. Anyways. Off-season moves. Oh, I wonder who's favorite here. Oh, oh. Well, it's the Heat of Miami. Um, who made the best overall moves this off-season? Miami Heat, overwhelmingly so. Second, Lakers, Nets, Rockets, Wizards. Also receiving votes. Every other team, the Thunder. Yeah, the Thunder made the best over. Love to trade for Kimball Walker uh, and pay him $74 million to go away. Um, the Trailblazers. Yeah, Portland's. A, they didn't trade Dame Lillard. That, that's. I think that's pretty good. But Miami, I, execs are just in on. I don't. It's got to be Lowry, right? Well, yeah. If you look at the next thing, is what what one player acquisition makes uh-huh. the biggest impact? Seventy-seven percent say Lowry. Seventy-seven percent. And I. I mean, he's a good All-Star caliber, like All NBA Defense caliber player. 77. That's Chris Paul last year was 44. Chris Paul playing for that shit Oklahoma City team going to the Suns team coming off like the eight win, eight straight wins in the bubble was 44%. Lowry to the uh, Heat team that uh, I mean got steamrolled by the Bucks, but whether they uh, th- this Heat team wasn't it, not this year. Um, 77 percent well, that's the sneaky thing is that last offseason wasn't that spicy it just was like there weren't <laughs> wasn't a lot of player movement like yeah well it was last year chris paul and who i mean i'm sure russ was in his annual trade um chris paul drew holiday oh, serge boy. ibaka like serge ibaka was the number three last year drew holiday Adon- actually ended up making uh a big yeah. like, both chris paul and drew holiday i still <laughs> would have voted kevin durant even knowing he was not playing a single down uh in the NFL this year, I will vote for Kevin Durant. Anyways. So Lowry, Westbrook, Spencer Dinwiddie, Bouncy Eunice. Most underrated player acquisition. Larry Nance Jr. I like that vote. I like that vote. Patty Mills, two, Spencer Dinwiddie, Lonzo, Kimba, also receiving votes. Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drummond. Devontae Graham, Jeff Green, Dennis Schroeder, Jonas Valanciunas. You have a take there? It, uh, Alex Caruso's kind of insane to be on that list. Uh, Andre Drummond's even more insane. What person in the league right now, unless they just like think that like everyone hates Andre Drummond so much that he and he might be a little bit impactful, so then he's underrated? I, bingo. <laughs> bingo. Um Everyone thinks this guy is awful, and I know he's just a little bit better than that. Yeah, I think he's just kind of bad. Um, a lot of votes there, a lot of votes there. But I do, I do like the Larry Nance. Uh, which team will be most improved? 2021-2022. Chicago Bulls, overwhelming favorite. Warriors second. Lakers, Hornets, Pelicans, Raptors. Also, I'm not going to read all, uh, read all the teams, but also receiving votes. Dallas Mavericks, most improved <laughs> for signing Reggie Bullock and giving $90 million to Tim Hardaway. Like, most? Most. Is that most. just like Luka is going to be very great uh, and now he's going to be even more great? Uh, Jason Kidd's just going to unlock it in him. 
Uh, yeah, uh, he, this is the uh, 12 years the charm. What was the, the more most we sub- read on, the more yeah. I think that people don't know what words mean. Like most ne- is in there. The Houston Rockets uh, are going to go from what? The worst team in the league <laughs> to the second worst team in yeah, the if league? If all goes well, they yeah, they win less games. That That's the plan. Most improved, someone said. Most. Most, most is important there. <laughs> most. Um, Sure. Most surprising move, Westbrook to the Lakers. That feels overwhelming. I've been calling Lonzo to Chicago, so that doesn't get votes. DeRozan leaving San Antonio, that doesn't really feel that surprising. Danny Ainge stepping down in Boston. I I was very surprised. That whole debacle. Um, But Ben Simmons not reporting to training camp was an honorable mention here. How was that not the (laughs) most... A current all-star and all-NBA player for the one seed refuses to ever wear their uniform again. And it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, man, but uh, Westbrook's in L.A., baby. Like, we're... <laughs> Well, this is the type of thing where it was a, clearly it was a write-in. There wasn't like a series of options. And one guy was just thinking <laughs> outside the box where everyone was like, no, this is strictly transactions. <laughs> I got to say, most surprising to me was the Kimber Walker buyout, honestly. Because it just seemed like Oklahoma is like, okay, you got to do at least a year before you get your buyout. And, but also, nobody giving up that kind of money. Kimba said, you take it, man. Get me out of here. Um, Someone was just absolutely gobsmacked that Charlotte Hornets landed Mason Plumley. <laughs> how do you, how does this league operate? This they league can't keep getting away with this. How do they get a plum dog millionaire, as he calls himself? Rookies in international. We've got who will win 2021-2022 Rookie of the Year. Cade Green, 40 uh, – Cade Green. Jalen Green. Cade Green is the best player of all time. <laughs> Jalen Green, 47%. Cade Cunningham, 40%. Suggs, 30 – or excuse me, uh, Suggs was third with 7%. LaMelo, 39%. He won last year, which is interesting. I do think it's going to be one of those – too. I feel like Jalen, he'll probably just get to put up the counting number. So it'll probably He's gonna be about to attempt 30 shots a game. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be like, it's fine. Why didn't you take 40? Like, it's a it, go for it. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? I think this one's interesting because I don't disagree. Evan Mobley, number one. Cade Cunningham, two. Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Davion Mitchell. Last year, James Wiseman. Pretty interesting. Five years ago, Ben Simmons. Let's see who else was on that list. Well, that's the Ben Simmons was one. Brandon Ingram was two. Jalen Brown was three. Um, Jamal Murray was in that draft. Oh, they counted. That's the that's the fake Ben Simmons year. Oh. Joel Embiid got fourth that year after Ben Simmons, Chris Dunn, and Brandon Ingram. Oh, that's nasty. Please, man, please don't let no Philly fan see this. They don't let the shit go. <laughs> Well, y'all are good now. You don't have to do this anymore. Um, That's wild. Uh, but I don't. I, I think Mobley does have that kind of potential. I just can't wait to see which one of these five guys, just by the numbers, is going to probably just bust horribly. That's one of them is going to be bad. They just have to. Just, That's how it works out. There's just no way around it. Um, hmm. Who was which rookie was the biggest steal? <laughs> Jalen Suggs flipping <laughs> from four to five. Whoa. Yeah, plumly ask. Uh, 
Alpi Singoon, James Booknight, Jalen. Jo- I think I think it's got to be Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson was a guy. It was like okay, there's the top three or four, but then Jalen Johnson might be in that like five or six range, and he went to twenty. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> How is Scotty Barnes a steal? <laughs> That's the whole thing. like. Okay, when we mean steal, <laughs> we you mean uh, the player who was selected? No, no. You mean just name play? No. No, we worked out Scotty Barnes. No, that's not what I asked you. Scotty Barnes went fourth, and people were surprised he went fourth. That's not a steal. So that means someone, there's a one Scotty Barnes believer out there who does not work for the Raptors, <laughs> and he thought he should have gone top three, and that the Raptors Look, lucked out getting him at four. Let me tell you, there's also one, exactly one Brandon Boston Jr. person who saw it was like, hey, this kid was the number three ranked recruit. How did he end up in the 50s? Didn't watch a single Kentucky game. I get I get that vote more than I get Scotty Barnes going fourth. <laughs> um, and then some more guys. The best, who is the best international player in the NBA? Last year, Giannis 68%. This year, Giannis 60%. It doesn't piss me off that the number changed. It pisses me off that I think the number went to Luca and not the reigning MVP. I think that's the, I mean, one, I think it it should be 100% Giannis. Giannis is the best. <laughs> he's the best player. How's he not the, he's also the best domestic player in the States. Uh, Giannis won, Luca two, Jokic three, no Embiid. No Embiid, which is interesting. Who's the best international player not in the NBA? I love this. Nikola Miritich's number one. Uh, Vasily Michik, number two. And then podcast favorite, uh, Mike Schmidt stamped. Victor Winbanyama, number three, which is kind of scary because he is weighs 114 pounds and <laughs> like 17. And this might still be like if he played. I think it's the right answer. He is the correct. <laughs> I would much rather have. Oh, right what? now, Victor, then Nikola Miritich. Listen, if he pl- even Noah Miritich has probably got him about 50 pounds. If they played right now, it's like, I, I think I'm going to pick Victor. Um, Mark Gasol got votes. Listen, I watched the Lakers last year. That's not true. Mike James, and I do love that there's a Nikola Jovic coming. <laughs> I think he, I'm, I'm not mis- I think he's also from Serbia. That's a different guy? <laughs> yeah, Nikola Jovic is not a Denver guy. Different guy. That's just a lot of fun. That's yeah, so I, I'm looking. Uh, we get a uh, Lucas Doncic in a couple years. <laughs> Who is the best defender in the NBA? Giannis, 47%, uh, up 1% from last year. So, like, half of one person saw that block on DeAndre in the finals <laughs> and said, Man, you know what? That guy's something. That he guy really moves. He can really move. That, that guy really busts his hump on the other side of the ball. Uh, Gobert, two. Yuck. Drew, three. Tied with Kawhi, Ben Simmons four, also receiving votes. Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green. Did, I mean, I don't. This is, is Drew? I don't, I, did Drew really have it like that? Like, listen, the third best defender. I he, I see he's the best perimeter defender. I don't really have many arguments there, but just Drew's really three. Man, as I think about it, I just think of who would I trust to guard it any guard in the league right now. If you told me I had a guard, he had a guard Steph for a series or Damian Lillard or a bigger guy like James Harden, 
or a taller guy like LaMelo Ball, or you know what I'm saying? If you told me how to guard any guard, I would pick Drew Holiday. That's I fair. Think. I have no qualms with him winning the best perimeter defender in the NBA, but like you're telling me Kawhi and Ben Simmons is like as soon as you get a guy what? above six eight, then Drew's no longer your your go-to guy. Well, and I, but that's the thing. A lot of these guys, uh what's Luca like six eight? Like all those guys are about there's like anybody below that. And even then, like they Drew's defended Kevin Durant before. Nobody defends Kevin Durant, <laughs> but you can you can credibly put him on and he's just that level of defender. Simmons, I feel like Simmons is probably that guy. But of the people on this list, who's defending a quick guard? That's the only thing I would say. Like outside, it's it's either Drew Simmons, Butler to a lesser extent. Like Draymond, these guys can defend on a play, but on a for a seven game series, I think it's it's Drew. So I think that's I, I feel like he's right there. And quiet is if you tell me I can have one of these defensive players to build around next year, I would take Drew over Gobert. I just like I get like the rim, uh, rim protection, all that. I would just say you're not going to get away from Drew Holiday in the playoffs. Like you just, even when he, he could not make a shot, he was in Trey Young's pocket. He was in uh, Harden with one leg's pocket. Like that's consistent. And next vote, who's the best perimeter defender in the NBA? Drew Holiday, 50%. Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, Giannis, Patrick Beverly. Yikes. Uh, talk about trick y'all and Marcus Smart also receiving votes. I, I mean, I, perimeter is whatever, but I, I don't hate Drew like for the reasons I just said. Um, I don't really get yeah, like can Giannis really like Giannis isn't guarding Steph, like Giannis isn't guarding Kyrie, <laughs> like he's not. It's one of those things where, like, when Kevin Love locked uh Steph's up, uh, ass up. Could Giannis do that on like one possession? For sure. But I wouldn't, I don't, it's not fair to Giannis to ask him to chase around Steph Curry for. No, wasn't that Giannis' yeah. whole thing is that like he, people were giving him shit for not guarding KD where it's like, yeah, no, that's not Giannis's, uh, Giannis's thing. He's more of a interior help defender. Kind yeah. Of, well that he's not a chase around guy. <laughs> it's like, if he's chasing somebody around, he's not blocking that Deandre Ayton thing. Cause he's probably screened off and standing somewhere in the corner. He's he's exactly where he needs to be. So best interior defender again. I get it. Still, it it probably is Gobert, but I would take Giannis, and I would not feel any kind of bad about it. Now, most versatile. This is where because he's got the case for both. Uh, Giannis most versatile, forty percent. Ben Simmons, number two, twenty seven. LeBron number three, which is interesting. Draymond four, Kawhi five, Bam, Jimmy, Paul George also receiving votes last year that i guess they just did i think these are new questions these must be questions um i don't i don't have any qualms with that because i (laughs) lebron still gets the hey man when he wants to he still like he didn't get any votes in perimeter or best or any of that but most when he decides he wants to defend better than draymond green I, i don't know if i can get there um see i think most versatile defender should be pretty similar to best because I just think there's like a lot of value in being able to switch everything. And like, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't mean to do it, but I feel like I'm just giving credit to Ben Simmons. There. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Um, like defensive reason, player would, of the year, Ben Simmons. Yeah. I would say like most, like a guy like 
Draymond, like short enough, moves his feet enough where he could he could stick with a Dame, uh, but also strong enough to where it's like he could make Embiid work for a shot. He could dunk through the rim, but he'd work. He'd have to really bust his hump at it. Um, do like Bam getting some votes there. Best defensive team in the NBA: Bucks forty percent, Jazz thirty three, Lakers ten, Heat seven, Knicks Sixers Suns. Also receiving votes. I I just remember hearing Brian Windhorst no less than a hundred times last year wonder if defense was dead and how he was going to explain <laughs> to his children that a team that did not have a top ten defensive defensive efficiency would win a championship. And here I see what's that? I think seven elite to borderline elite defense. Like who who's the worst defense there next year? Probably the Knicks, just because and, they're playing a lot of Kemba and Fournier. Yeah, but even I think they were what they were one or three last. They year. were damn good last. Yeah, year. so they it's were, like wild. Yeah, if they get Mitchell Robinson back, maybe it's like hey, that kind of just doesn't matter as much. So I, I think the defense's dead stuff was a little uh, little over. Now these are the only good seven defenses in the NBA. I want that on the record too. Um, coaches. Who is the best head coach? One, Eric Spolstra, Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Greg Popovich, Mike Budenholzer. That's that's cute. That's just the biggest recency bias of just like, yeah, that, I'm going to vote for the guy who last won. That's because no uh, one, <laughs> there's zero chance Mike Budenholzer was receiving votes last nah, year. Nah, he, they, yeah, he didn't get a single one last year. No Rick Car, no Ricky Carlisle this year. Wow. He received votes uh, last year, not not uh, huh. Indiana Rick. Yeah, I don't. Indiana Rick sounds like a serial killer. It definitely does. Um, I don't know what Spolstra did from last year. Like, I think he's a good coach. I just don't know what he did to jump ten percent. But sure, who's the best? Which head coach is the best manager slash motivator of people? Monty Williams. Monty Williams got half the vote. Then it was split with Steve Kerr, Ty Lue, Popovich, Spolstra. Um, how is it not Nate McMillan? <laughs> Nate McMillan came in and turned around an entire <laughs> like team. They were like 800 winning percentage and hit like the final two months of the season. I think Monty Williams' whole case is like, listen, it wasn't this year, but I got to the Suns. Like they were the Sun. You know what I mean? Like that's my case. But I'm a uh, very yeah. nice man. McMillan should definitely be higher here. Here we go. Which coach makes the best in-game adjustments? One, Tyron Lue. Yada, yada, yada. Number two. Ricky Carlisle. Indiana Rick. Ricky Carlisle. Um, Luca. Uh, uh, dribble it left off the screen this time. And I'm like, God damn, that guy eats, breathes, and shits basketball. Luca, be nicer to Chris Tess. <laughs> uh, Rick, you're fired. Um, Rick, two. Miami, Eric, three. Nick Nurse, Quinn Snyder. But Doc Rivers being here is laughable. <laughs> laughable. He's also receiving votes, but still laughable. Which head coach runs the best offense? How many more? I kind of don't care about these coaches' questions. How many more do you? No, it's like, and how do you evaluate this? I don't yeah, know. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Quit Snyder, like, sure. Coach, who runs the best offense? I don't know. Whoever had number one last year? I don't know. I think it was the Clippers, I think. I think on the best regular defense? season, I think it was the Jazz, just because they made like so it might, many Oh, yeah, threes. they did. Uh, defensive scheme, I think. Think the Lakers were still number one, so I guess it's Vogel. Here we go. Which new or relocated? There you How go. How do I know, baby? 
Indiana Rick, 64%. There's also, I think, I think Yudoka might would be my vote. That or or a Jamal or a Wes Unsell just replacing Scott Brooks. I mean, come on, if he just you know what I mean, he just shows up and just dribbles with right and left hands. I feel like they're <laughs> like, man, this guy is something. This guy's amazing. <laughs> best assistant coach. This is just I, who knows. This is just who's my is, best. Yeah, who's my best friend? Who used to coach with me? Kenny Atkinson and Darvin Hammer tied. Sure. Uh, which active play this guy? This has been Chris Paul for the last 10 years. I haven't even seen the answer yet. Uh, Damon Stoudemire got a, co- a vote. He's Dan, never been a coach before, but he's the best assistant coach in the Dan, NBA. Well, he's never been an uh, NBA but, coach. Yeah. Um, which active play? Yeah, this is just the Chris Paul award. It's, it's the Chris Paul award. And I love that Rajon Rondo is number two. Like Rajon Rondo would be an awful head coach. No, he's just a certified dickhead. I say that I think I think he would be the worst head coach ever and the best assistant coach ever. Like he just he can't be the main guy, but the guy when you're you're bitching and all that, you're yelling. You go to Rondo. That's that's his duty. That's his. He needs to be your assistant coach. Um, what's a miss? Is there anything interesting? We might can most fun. Most fun, best home court. This would be jazz overwhelming, right? Like 100% racism to zero. Or to less racism, I should say. Um, yeah, what a most promising young core. Which player is the most athletic? Zion winning is interesting. Um, I don't disagree, but it's like he still definitely has another tier to reach, which is scary. Best shooter, Steph. I love yeah. that Seth Curry got a vote. Like, how in your right mind do you Look, vote statistically, Seth Curry statistically, over Steph Curry? It's one of those, like, statistically, he's got him 4-4-1 to 4-4-0. Uh, fastest with the ball, De'Aaron. That's accurate. Best without the ball, Steph. Best passer. This one is interesting. Best passer, LeBron and Jokic tied. Chris Paul, Doncic. LaMelo got votes. Compazzo is chaos. <laughs> The best passer in the NBA, um, Hard James Harden's the one I'm surprised at. James Harden is a fantastic passer. Like Westbrook and Trey are both really good passers. James Harden, I think he's up there with, with those top four guys in terms of just passing. Um, best leader, I mean, come on. It's clearly Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We, we, what, uh, what are you even giving? Um, most versatile, LeBron. Highest basketball IQ, sure. Which play would you want taking a shot? Durant, 41%. That feels accurate. Jokic, I mean, I feel like he makes a lot of them. He's just not somebody I would normally think of. What rule needs most needs to change? Here we go. Number one, take uh, the transition fouls. I'm guessing like the um, stop a play, or what's it called when they wrap them up? And it just takes 20 clear minutes. Path, though, clear, yeah, yeah, clear path. And it just takes 20 minutes. Those suck. Additional coaches challenge. Keep it when it's successful. I would agree with that. Free agency before the draft. I don't, I've heard the, I don't, I don't have an opinion on it. I don't really care. No. Schedule. I don't really, I don't think the schedule is broken. Seeing the playoffs one through 16. I would like, but I don't, it says needs most to change. It doesn't feel like most to change. Elam ending. I'm in support of an Elam ending for all overtime games. I know they would never do it, but I, I, there's no reason for a regular season game to go to like triple overtime to me. Start overtime is like, listen, the first two, whatever, 10 points, whatever you want to yeah. set it at. There's just no need for us to go five minutes and another five minutes because we're exhausted. And another, it, it, it's chaos. 
Um, Someone voted for mandatory draft medical information. <laughs> I didn't know Wiggins was doing his own research before I pulled. Who got burned so bad by some draft pick? This is like a, this is the thing that we need to improve the NBA. Uh, if you had a vote, what's your what's your vote of these listed or any listed? What rule would you you think most needs to change? I think it's the one that they they uh, fix. It's just like the non-basketball move to try and get the shooting foul, like the mm-hmm. jumping into a guy and creating contact. Yeah. It's just, it's silly. And so I would, I would, I think they're hopefully they've done it. Seems, yeah. It seems like they, I saw like a couple clip where like Steph didn't get it. And apparently they're supposed to be like trying to send that message uh, that they're not going to call that, which I think it's one it's, if it'll be called consistently, which I think is all they ever add, players will adjust. They always will. So I'm not like, I saw, I was like, Oh, just, does Trey lose like 10 points on his scoring out? It's like, yeah, there's no – he's adjusted it. He's six foot one, weighs 114 pounds and adjusted this <laughs> He's going to figure out how to score. Yeah, this is this is what does him in. Um, so that was our I, – I, I just like checking in on those, just seeing how – and one of one every year all these decisions seem like generally pretty okay. And then they're all just horribly wrong. And these are the people <laughs> that get to make the decisions. So that's why it's particularly funny to me. Um, anyways, I mentioned we get back to the Suns. I think the Suns are about, this is how the Suns mess this up. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. And it says, this is from Woj. It says, ESPN sources, the Phoenix Suns' reluctance to offer a maximum rookie contract extension to number to former number one overall pick DeAndre Aiden has stalled discussions on a deal. Now he's eligible for five years, one seventy-two, with I think with escalators incentives, it could get to two hundred seven, and it's lofty. I'll say it: one hundred seventy-two million is a lot of money. Throw the you throw your tomatoes, uh, do what you must, but like Trey got it, Luca got it, Shea got it, Michael Porter Jr. got it, and to my knowledge. None of those guys went past the defending champions in round one, the current MVP in round two. Like, I think the best or second best shooting team in history in round three and the two-time MVP and played the two-time MVP in the finals. So this feels, I was curious because they traded for Chris Paul, kept him, but like uh, Robert Sarver, their owner, is just notoriously cheap. And DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges are up. They're both up for extensions. So it, whatever problem they're facing with Bridges, if Mikael Bridges, or excuse me, with Ayton, they're going to face with Bridges. Because if Mikael Bridges gets to restricted free agency, someone is going to max him. Whether it's right or wrong, I can't. It'll be it, one of those like, hey, that's a lot of money, but he does exactly what you would want him to do. 3 and D, young, getting better, durable, all that. Robert Sarver bought the Suns in 2004 for $402 million. The Suns are worth $1.7 billion today. Four times his investment. If they, like, if this is the hard ball they want to play, I want the NBA to force them out. Absolutely. This makes no sense. It's this is like to to defend the Suns and not Robert Sarver. There are 
legitimate reasons to to hesitate on paying DeAndre Ayton a max. This is not to say, oh my God, he's a max. I mean, don't even worry about it. His rookie year was fine. His second year, he missed 25 games of suspension. And his third year was last year, right? Now, your worst case scenario is like, oh my God, do you hand him this money? He just turned into Andrew Wiggins. He starts questioning science. He starts putting up mid-range jumpers. It's all bad. But I also don't think Andrew Wiggins did anything as impressive as DeAndre Ayton last year during the playoffs or during the regular season. So I don't know what the hesitation, like this is just what it takes. The Nets have their big three that are getting paid and Joe Harris got 75 million. The Nuggets just paid Jokic, Murray, uh, and Porter and Aaron Gordon just got $90 million. Like this is, this is the cost of doing bit. You want to like compete and win championships. This is the cost of doing business. Another thing to say to defend the Suns and not Sarver, it does kind of suck. It feels like they're being pun- it's like we drafted too well. We drafted too. We we hit on Devin Booker. He got a max. We hit on DeAndre Ayton. He gets a max. Bridges gets a max. We made a move to trade for Chris Paul to like compete, and now it's going to come. So I. That's not their problem. They'll have to deal with it, but it's not their problem. I would hope that they would do some. If you draft and keep develop a guy, maybe it doesn't count against your luxury tax or some just some sort of. Or don't sign Chris Paul to a four year deal if you're worried about future money. Like, well, I mean, but the thing is, like, if you let Chris Paul go now, it's like, oh, I thought you're all ready to win. But it, it's it just feels like a thing to show you're serious. You got to do all the above. You got to trade for Chris Paul and extend him to keep him. And pay DeAndre eight and pay Mikael Bridges. Gonna be time to uh probably remax out Devin Booker. Like that's just what it's gonna take. And of course they always can. I don't think it would I think it would only really be bad for like the last year of Chris Paul's deal. Cause next year, next year Aiton and Bridges are cheap. The following year might be their first luxury tax. The year after that would definitely be their first. And the repeat, they say the repeater tax is really what teams don't want to pay. Robert Sarver is like, I don't want to pay any of it. He doesn't want to pay any taxes, uh, well, yeah, including I'm, federal income. Mm-mm. He's like, I, uh, 99 cents and it costs $1.07. I'm giving you 99 cents. Um, I just don't pay the tax. So looking forward to see how they just mess this up. Maybe they already like maybe Aiton's already pissed. Who knows? Maybe they. This is how you piss a guy off, though. This is like that's the the exact way of just like this be stickler at this point. He's going to remember this when it comes time to negotiate when he's like uh, unrestricted at some point. Like Gordon Hayward left Utah or tried to leave Utah at some point because they like didn't offer an extension. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte offered him uh, the restrict the four year. Max, they could offer. He wanted the five-year max. Utah wouldn't do it. He ultimately left. And this is like the point. DeAndre Aiden's 22 right now. You're paying, like this deal won't stop paying until he's like 27 or 28. He won't even kick in for a year. The growth he has shown from 20, his rookie year, to last year's finals and playoffs alone would make me be like, that's just what it costs. Do I want to pay $30 million like for a big man who is just not like not much? I won't say not an offensive threat, but he's not a three-point threat, I'll say. And he's not going to make an all-defense team. 
with Gobert and Embiid pretty much just locking that up. So it's like, do I want to commit that? You might not want to. Do you want have to? <laughs> do you want to win a champion? If you want to win, compete because it's not about pissing DeAndre Ayton off. Then you piss Devin Booker's like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, he got to be next after this. Like, I we suck for six years, like six seven years. We get good one year, and y'all are balking on the bill. I'll go to Atlanta and play with Trey Young. Don't 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 do that, Devin. No, no, no. You definitely uh, uh, should not do that. Um, but alas, it is Thursday again. That means Thursday night football is here. Can we pull up our screen? Let's let's make a couple picks, shall we? Now, last Thursday. Last Thursday, I gave you the under on Burrow rush yards, the under on James Robinson total yards, over on Jamar Chase receiving yards. You're welcome. Jam, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I, I had been going with you for a number of weeks, but last week was the time I decided, See? oh, we got to get back to fade trill. We're built on the fade trill, and it was, it was stupid. I should have realized you're uh, – your games of skill when it comes to football is just much greater than your game of skill when it comes to basketball. When it comes to literally everything else. <laughs> um, but either way, either way, gave you a little something last week. I'm going to give you a little something this week. All right. So you already know the underdog app, promo code Trill. You deposit, get your 10. I feel like everybody listening, they already, they already did this. Everybody, they say, Whisker, stop saying that. You already, We already did it. Promo code Trill, and we sign up in the draft, and we want to beat you on Sunday. But they don't beat me on Sundays. They don't beat me on Sundays. This is what or I'm Thursdays. They don't beat you on Thursdays. They don't beat especially. me on Thursdays. Mondays, Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Wednesdays, I'm down bad. Sundays and Thursdays, Trilly time. So we got Rams. Seahawks, which for this early in the year feels like a pretty like Jaguars Bengals was supposed to suck and end up being a pretty good game. This is way too good a game for a Thursday night. Yeah, like so something for something's up. Um, what? Do, how many completions is that for Matty Boy there? I see twenty five and a half. That's twenty. Okay, I um, I was looking at that, but I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Here's what I like. This is what I'm going with. Tyler Lockett. We have Tyler Lockett there. Ooh, okay. Now, this is interesting. I got Tyler Lockett at five and a half receptions. And I like the over because there was some uncertainty on if DK Metcalf was playing. I'm guessing DK Metcalf is playing. So Tyler Lockett's number went down to five. I still like the over because one Tyler like he catches a lot of like he'll catch four or five passes. They don't he doesn't just have to catch like deep bombs. Two, if DK Metcalf is playing, he's probably going to be matched up with Jalen Ramsey, who is probably the best, it, definitely one of the best cornerbacks. I imagine he goes with Metcalf. That frees up Lockett. So for five receptions, I will take that over. I will take that over. Russell Wilson, 24 and a half completions. This year, in any game, four games, he hasn't completed more than 23. He hasn't thrown more than 32 times. 
So his attempts and completions are all pretty steady. Now the result, he got one game where he had like 150 yards, one game he had like 350. Results may vary. That's not my business. But 24 and a half completions, I like the under there. I like the under there. So I'll be rooting for some some drop screen passes, um, all that, all that. And the last one I like, Van Jefferson. What's what's the okay Van Jefferson? They still got him three and a half receptions. Van Jefferson, his targets by the week: three in week one, three in week two, six in week three, six in week four. Now it's week five. Now it's week five. So at the very least, the targets aren't going down. On the 12 targets over the past two weeks, 10 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. So I feel like he keeps going up. Robert Woods and Stafford just aren't clicking for whatever reason. I've been bitten by that snake. Not anymore. Give me Van Jefferson over three and a half receptions. And I'm tempted to put them rec- his receiving yards with it because he he's not exactly a, a you know screen mastermind. But I won't do it. I'll, I'll leave that up to uh I'm going to do it. This is my account. It is. Oh, no. I, I don't think you can do combined player. Can you combine players, receptions, Maybe. and receiving yards? Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, risk team. Well, you think Van Jefferson's going to have a good day and you're going to capitalize off of it? <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> on our app. <laughs> Go to hell is what the risk team said. They've thought of everything. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Um, Going over to rivals, though, by that same token, by that same token, they've got Robert Woods versus Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson's getting 12 and a half yards here. Again, Stafford and Robert Woods, for they just haven't clicked yet. Just haven't clicked yet. So I will take, I might take Van Jefferson outright, but I'm definitely taking him with 12 and a half yards. Um, now, Woods and Higby, he fell off that bad yet. Nah, but this is receptive. This, nah, this I'm, Tyler Higby fella just doesn't look like a, a football player. Is he a nah, tight end? Is he, he has is to be a, a tight end? He's right. the tightest. The tightest end. Um, Does he like he, hard rock and cool beer? <laughs> Barry Manilow. Uh, oh, he's a bit of a softer gentleman. Yeah. I don't. Receptions. Okay. This is a good one. DK Metcalf versus Tyler Lockett. But Tyler Lockett is getting half a reception. I'm going to kind of split my difference there with the other. I'll go Metcalf here, just in case Metcalf. It's what they call a hedge in, mm-hmm. the, biz. in, in the game of skill, biz. Uh-huh. We're taking you behind the curtain. Um, the Iron Curtain. The <laughs> Freddie Swain. I'll never game a skill on Freddie Swain. That's just not what this is about. Okay, completions. Maddie Stafford. Now, Maddie Stafford do be chucking that ball around. And if they don't, if they want to go shorter, so they don't have to uh, try Jamal Adams, vicious, vicious cover man, Jamal. Ad- now, I really don't. I don't know about that. Now, you know, what? I'm, I'm off Higby. I'm off Higby. I'm going Woods. Going Woods. I, will, um, I wouldn't trust uh, Higby as far as yeah, I Yeah, I don't, again. As a member of Tyler Gang, I know we cannot be trusted. So, yeah. And Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup versus Metcalf. Metcalf's getting 17 and a half yards. Again, he just got cleared. So, 
I mean, he'll be healthy, he'll play, but he might be walking into Jalen Ramsey, which I wouldn't want to do. So we will lock those in. Oh, man. Another Thursday. Another successful game of skill. I'm even going to share my slip. Ooh. Is what I'll do. On the internet? Yes, yes. On Al Gore's internet, I think what I will do is share my slip. But not before. Baby boy of the week. Bamboozled. I did not Baby see Baby boy coming. of the week. You never do. You never do. This week's baby boy of the week. I feel like I have to set a little history first before we get out of here. A little history lesson. Kentucky football beat Florida this past Saturday. That's old news. November 15th, 1986 was the last time that Kentucky beat Florida at home. And the last time before that was 1976. So twice in 45 years is what we're looking at. Gas was 86 cents a gallon. I checked. 86 cents a gallon. Loaf of bread, 56 cents a loaf. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'll be honest, because I, I feel like those loaves were probably a lot smaller than it's probably some bullshit bread. Yeah. Also, how do you do that? Because like now you can get a nice like a uh, premium loaf. Is there one? There's only one think, type of bread back in the eighties. Yeah, they didn't have Hawaiian bread. You know what I mean? It was just, you want white or brown? What you want, white or less white uh, bread? It was a better time. We had jobs. We had hope. We had cat. No, um, but 1986. From 1987 to 2017, Florida beat Kentucky in football. 31 straight. I had not seen Kentucky win this game in my lifetime until four years ago. Until four years ago. Mark Stoops is the baby boy of the week. Because Coach Mark Stoops turned all this around because i had never seen kentucky beat florida like understand in my lifetime i've seen kentucky football beat alabama i've seen us beat clemson florida state beat lsu when they were number one beat lamar jackson the year he won the heisman we beat georgia twice we snapped a similar streak against tennessee by playing a wide receiver at quarterback and we had never beat florida until now So Mark Stoops, seven wins away from becoming the all-time leader in coaching wins at Kentucky uh, over noted Kentucky Wildcat Bear Bryant, who only coached at Kentucky and definitely did not go on to more success um, at other places. But Mark Stoops, he started 12 and 24 his first three years, and he's 42 and 26 cents, three straight bowl wins. Just build a statue now. Let's just save some time, build the statue now. I have an idea. I think is his face at the bottom, like the old Death Row uh, famous picture. Stoops at the bottom, Will Levis, Steven Johnson, and Terry Wilson's face around it. I think that should be the statue. But I'll leave that to the uh, the sculptors. The sculptors, they are the ones that make the statues. I will leave that to their hands. We will leave you 
I don't know, to your own devices. I don't know what you're going to do after this. Build a statue. Yeah, yeah build it. What, what the hell? Send me over, mock up some statues, and send them over to me if Mark stoops. And um, the winner will definitely get some sort of contracting contract <laughs> to build the sculpture thing. But, uh, I mean, enough with the terms and services, the minutia, the mumbo-jumbo. You don't come here for that. I don't know why you come here. But you come here. And I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative of you. So for myself, for Jam, for Underdog, for the NBA GM survey. Um, and I'm really my, my my game of skill that LeBron James has a breakout this year. I think I think this is the year that LeBron James uh, gets on the map. Uh, that's a tease for next week's props. Just a little, just a, a little preseason props. Maybe some predictions. Maybe some Will games. The predictions be bold. I listen legally. I cannot say. I was going to say, like, I'm legally prohibited. That's literally the one. Where, I don't know why you would say the one word I can't say. Um, they can't be bold. They can be uh, titillating. Titillating. I've got some titillating props and picks. You'll have to catch us next week. So for this week, for myself, for Jam, for Underdog, be safe out there. And LeBron James for Breakout Player of the Year. Let's get this rumor started right now. Okay, bye.